It's time for Real Estate Roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent Terry Story. Terry is a 28-year veteran with Coldwell Banker located in Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve. Hey, this is new. People with student debt now may be able to roll that student debt into a mortgage when they buy a house. Wow. Tell us about that. I know. It's exciting. Beginning immediately, Fannie Mae is expanding their cash-out refinances. That's going to allow borrowers to use lower interest rates equity in their homes to pay off your higher interest rate student loan debts. So you're basically rolling it in. Yeah, so if you're paying 4% on your mortgage and your student loan debt is 6%, they're going to allow you to cash out and pay off your student mortgage. And in effect, you're switching your student mortgage into your student loan into your home mortgage, which is pretty cool, but it's got some downsides. And I want to talk about that in a second. That's right. Don't forget that student loans are unsecured loans, whereas your mortgage is secured. So if you don't pay the loan, you could lose your house. That's dangerous. Right. Exactly. And that's the risk. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that student loans are somewhat flexible. The repayment schedule is somewhat flexible. So if you run into some financial trouble, you can kind of extend the payment, pay less. But on a mortgage, you better pay your mortgage. That's it. You got to pay a mortgage. So that lack of flexibility with a mortgage may hurt you if times get a little rough. Exactly. So it's an individual, you know, case by case situation if this is something that would work better for you. But certainly paying a lower interest rate, I would find very attractive. It's also tax deductible. That's true. For most people. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So also you gave me some information about the best cities in Florida to flip a home. What are they? Yeah. um, Very interesting. Of course, we're recording from Florida. And in Florida, what we're looking at, Steve, is Tampa as being number six on the list, Mm -hmm. followed by Orlando as number 16. In more of our local market, we've got Pembroke Pines, which is kind of a suburb of the West Fort Lauderdale area. St. Petersburg, that's ranked number 36. And then it goes all the way to 51 at Cape Coral. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, What's 55, the, uh, Jacksonville. Where's Miami on this list here? Miami is number 110, mm-hmm. so that's not really that's right. a real hot spot. Mm-hmm. Really, Tampa and Orlando were the two best in Florida, and only Seattle and Atlanta have more places better than, than what we have here in Florida. I had an associate who was buying houses in Tampa and remodeling them, and a lot of them really needed a lot of work. And, you know, he was very successful at that. He did a very good job and then he held them for a couple of years and then he's been selling them. So I know that a few years ago, that was a really good market and it's, it's interesting to see it on this list once again. All right, let's talk about first time home buyers. You know, a lot of our discussion over the years, Terry, has been about this fact that appraisals for a home never really match up with what the market is actually stating a home is worth. Tell us about that problem and how it's affecting first-time homebuyers now. Sure. Well, we're seeing it again now. As the market increases, the homes, when you buy a home and there's a mortgage involved, the bank goes in and appraises it. And the home has to appraise in order for the lender to lend you the money. Now, if there is a shortfall, let's say, for example, you sell the house for 300000 and it appraises for 280000 the buyer always has the option to put down an additional $20,000 to make up that shortfall. Mm -hmm. But what we're saying here 
The reason why it's hurting first-time home buyers is they don't have usually the cash to make up that shortfall. So, for example, here's a, you know, a story where there's 22 offers. Well, you may have been somebody who really wanted the house and you were willing to pay 325000 for it. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't appraise and you can't come up with that shortfall, the seller's not interested in even accepting your offer. So a seller in many cases will take a cash offer that was you know, for less money because they know that they're not going to have to deal with this appraisal yeah, issue. Yeah. I just had this happen the other day. I sold a house for 670000 I had another offer on it for six seventy five. The first deal fell apart, had nothing to do with the appraisal. The buyer just walked away. But when I went to appraise a home, it came in a lot less. It came in around six fifty. And because the seller wasn't in a position to try to fight it and argue it, because you have to pretty much get a new lender, get a new appraiser, the buyer went ahead the seller went ahead and accepted, you know, this offer for twenty five thousand dollars less. When I know for sure I could have sold it again if we went to a different appraiser or, or a different buyer for more money. Yeah. So this is what we're seeing. This is reality in a market where the prices are rising. Well, we were talking about that, and that's, that is the phenomena here is that when prices are rising, there's always a lag because they're looking at comps, comparables for houses, what, sold in, what, the last six months? Would, yeah, there's, they look back about six months, right. and there is a lag. There's a lag. So your prices are rising now. But it's not showing up in the comps because it includes homes that were sold uh, six months ago, five, four months ago. So there's a lag when prices are rising, and it's the reverse when prices are falling as well. That's right. So it's really an issue. Now, can you go and get another appraiser? Well, you can, but you have to get start with a new lender in a many lender. cases. And not 100%, but for the most part, you have to start with a new lender. Okay. They won't let you just change an appraisal when you're already working with a uh, specific lender. Okay. You know, again, that's not 100%, but in most cases. So, Terry, here is something that's extremely interesting that I saw. Real estate investors should look for homes close to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or the German uh, grocery store Aldi for better pricing, for better prices or future appreciation. What's that all about? Yeah, it's kind of a crazy study, but homes near Whole Foods have seen stronger home price appreciations recently, an increase closer to those seen, you know, a higher increase than Trader Joe's or Aldi. Real estate investors who want to try to maximize a return via flipping or renters should check out these neighborhoods, which I think is kind of crazy. I'm not sure what the correlation is. What came first, the houses in the neighborhood or the stores? Well, that's true. I mean, I guess if you have a Whole Foods in your neighborhood, that may signify that it's a bit of a more upscale neighborhood and prices may be rising. So it's not necessarily correlation, but it is interesting that also maybe being within very short driving or walking distance of these stores may add to the value in some way, though, this day and age with everybody having a car. I I mean, like here, for example, it says homeowners near Trader Joe's have a five-year home appreciation average of 67% compared to 52% of homeowners near Whole Foods and 51% Hmm. near Aldi. Okay. Well, I don't really uh, know what Aldi is, but I know it's a very popular German grocery store that has recently announced they're going to do a major expansion in the United States. Be that as it may, we are out of time. My guest, as always, is Terry Story. She's a 28-year veteran with Colwell Banker located in Boca Raton, and she can be found at terrystory.com. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve.